Good morning. It is time to skip the BS. Time for Undisputed. Time for you to reach us at hashtag Undisputed Live. Time for me to welcome in two lifelong Laker fans from Los Angeles to discuss another big night for LeBron James. Good morning to Richard Sherman. Good morning to Keyshawn Johnson. Good morning to you too, Skip. Okay. Good morning, Skip. Yes, and good morning to LeBron. Not only did you guys, Lakers, blow out Utah last night to go 4-0 and in group play in the NBA's new in-season tournament and clinch a home quarter final game in said tournament, but your man LeBron eclipsed 39 thousand career points i'm going to repeat that 39,000 career points for lebron james richard please you first how amazing is this i mean this is this is one of the most amazing accomplishments in sports uh it hasn't been done in what 39 years uh well this has never been done but the uh, kareem's record has lasted for 39 years what lebron doing is doing is unprecedented in year 21, obviously showing his longevity, but it's an incredible accomplishment. I mean, it's up there with with Tom Brady's passing yards, Jerry Rice's receiving yards, and one of those records that'll never be touched. And I'm sure he's he's looking to get 40,000 uh, just to make it even even more. Sure, he is. You know, Skip. Yeah. It, it for me, it, it's an impressive record, but it's not so impressive that I put it up there in history with all the impressive things of 10 Super Bowls or 10 NBA Finals and because of the longevity side. If you play long enough and you as dominant and as good as he Absolutely. has been, yep. you don't get the numbers, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. The longer you play, the more numbers you're going to get. It's only impressive because of the longevity side of things. And so when I look at it, Kareem's record stood for 39 years. It's a long time. Or, or, a, long time. a long time, but Kareem played for a long time he did. to be able to get yep. that record. And so when you look at it, will it ever be touched again? Probably. In our lifetime, probably not. Because yep. I don't foresee other NBA players as it stands today playing 21 years and counting as he continues to play, those numbers are going to continue to go up, Skip. Agreed. So it's kind of like, you know, do I look at his accomplishments, his achievements in his career? Is this one of the tops? Nah, I don't think so. Not for me. You know, taking a team as a puppy to the NBA Finals out of the Eastern Conference and just learning the NBA, that's impressive to me. Okay. Or being able to bounce from Miami to Cleveland to L.A. and win championships, that's impressive to me. You know, because... It, He's LeBron James. He can do anything he wants to do, and this is just another check on the box for him. Okay. Richard and Keyshawn, I'm going to tell you why I believe this is so amazing, and it eclipses what anybody else has done in any other sport. And let's start with the sport you two guys played at the highest level. It's called football, and it is a high-contact game. And it is a very dangerous game to play, as you both know. But the way LeBron plays basketball is fairly dangerous. I'm not saying it's football dangerous, but he plays almost a brand, a form of football to me. Because I'm going to say it again. He's the greatest driver of the basketball I've ever seen because he's six feet, nine inches tall. 
his weight somewhere in that 260 to 270 range. He is as explosively athletic as any player we have ever seen in the history of this game at this size. And he is, as I always say, ambidextrous at the rim. Born left-handed, shoots right-handed, can play both-handed. So at the rim, he, he can beat you either side both ways, which makes him virtually unstoppable when he drives the basketball. There's one way to stop him, that's to foul him. And it, when it comes to just contact received in the sport of basketball, w- wouldn't you say LeBron's up there just because he's played so many minutes? I know the centers bang with each other, but LeBron is full speed banging. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the just, center bang is different, though. It's, it's, it's back different. to the rim it's, and they're backing it's, it's, down. They're, they're just kind of, yeah. it's almost like sumo wrestling yeah. kind of contact. But this is LeBron putting his head down, full speed to the basket. He gets fouled. He gets occasionally knocked down. And here's the most amazing part about this feat. And that is that LeBron James, I I don't even like to bring it up, but I'm going to knock on wood when I do this. But you realize in 21 seasons, he's never had a single surgery. There's no knee surgery. There's no Achilles surgery. There's no shoulder surgery. He's had his knickknack injuries and he's gotten older because Father Time taps us all on the shoulder. Yes, he's had it pull this, pull that, bang up this. He's got ankle issues. They're, they're sort of getting arthritic because he's turned them so many times. But he's still going extremely strongly in year 21 at approaching December 30th, age 39. My point is that the pure longevity of this, of avoiding injury, like I'm talking about any sort of career-threatening setback injury where you had to take off a year because you tore this. Remember what happened to Kobe at the end? It was just, it was just hard to watch because his body just betrayed him. LeBron's body has not betrayed him. You can say he, he's blessed with it, or I, I don't know how you, what, I, I don't know what, what context you want to put it in, but I've, I've never seen anybody this durable in what I still consider a contact sport. I don't know if you guys agree with me, but I, I still think, especially NBA basketball, is a contact sport. Well, when you the get, way he plays. Well, the it. way he plays, and when you get down in yeah. the box, it becomes a contact yeah. sport. I mean, there's certain, in football, you're hit. It's so many different spots. Where in yeah. basketball, it's the hands, it's the elbows, it's the shoulder. Yeah. That's really where you're going to get the contact at. Where in football, it's all it's your entire okay. body. But the ultimate contact in basketball, to me, is what's called the hard wood, because that's yeah. what they call the floor. Right. And if you fall from up above the rim to the hard wood, you better know how to fall. I, to me, I've never seen anybody fall more consistently, safely than LeBron does, because he gets knocked down you know a who? lot. Dwayne yeah. Wade. Okay, Dwayne I, he Wade. got knocked down. A I, I, a I got it. Yeah, but Dwayne wasn't quite as big yeah. as LeBron. No, but he yeah. knew how to fall. Oh, though. did he? Ooh. Yeah, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, and he wore a rib cage too. I remember that. Yeah, Dwayne <laughs> Wade. Yeah, but I think I think at the end of the day, you're, you're right, Skip, and I, I disagree with you, Keyshawn, a little uh-huh. bit. And, and go that, ahead. It's not impressive because it's longevity because of how long he played. That is impressive because there's a reason the rest of these people haven't played as long and nobody has played this long because nobody wants to be locked in for 21 years. Nobody wants I to agree. take care of their body for 21 years. That is true. Sacrifice what you need to with your diet and your exercise and, and the therapy and the amount of money. Skip's always talking about he puts a million dollars into his body whatever it every is. year. Yeah, so more. Yeah. What, what, yeah. Yeah, it could be more. But he's, he's doing that, and that takes a certain discipline. And nobody wants to be disciplined that long 
once these certain people make a certain amount of money, they're like, okay, bro, I got all the records. I got the rings. I did everything I came to do. Let me go coach my kids or be with my kids, be with my family, go on vacations. It takes a different kind of human being to do it for this long. And he's still doing it at a high level. In year 20, he averaged 28, 8 and 6. Like, so, I mean, he's in year 21, and we're still talking about when when Jordan was in year 21, we're talking about how this is just a, a symbolic year, and he's just there to, to encourage the players as a favor to the, to the owner. Yeah, LeBron yeah. is still trying to win a championship. Yeah, but, 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 but Richard, to me, it's different. The longevity side is impressive. You, you are 100% right, and that's what I started off by saying. The longevity, doing all of those things to get there. But at the same time, when you're doing that, your numbers for a player like this are going to skyrocket and go up. Okay, yeah, you don't have to play. Uh, clearly, he doesn't have to play. He's, he's done everything. He can, he can walk out the building and be fine. But in the end, if he didn't put in the work to do it, he wouldn't have these numbers. But in order to get the numbers, you got to put in the work because he didn't have the numbers in year 15. He got the numbers in year 21. Yeah. That, that's my only thing. I just think there's other things that he's done in his career that's more impressive to me than accomplishing okay. 39,000, right? Because he just passed Kareem. So that was impressive. Now you, you even it out because you get to 39,000. It's like, okay, you already passed Kareem. Nobody's going to catch you. So it's not – then when you get to 34,000, Skip, but we go sit up and go, oh, it's really impressive. He'll be in his 23rd year. When he gets there, right? It's like will. at some point he's going to run out of but, years and the numbers are going to stay because nobody will ever catch him. Yeah, but I, 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 I just, I mean, Father Time, like Skip says, it taps everybody on the shoulder. It's like, hey, it's time to go. We looked at the numbers last yesterday and everybody that was this age playing basketball in the points they averaged, it was all single digits, 3.7, 6.9, <laughs> 8.3. True. It, yeah, it's, yeah. That, that, that's what it was. Father Time taps LeBron James on the shoulder and is like, hey, let me know when you're ready. Because he's going he to go when he's ready because he's still playing at an all-time elite level. So I just I, – I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel what you're saying, Keyshawn, because if you play for a long time, it's going to be a lot of points. But Andre Iguodala was played, what, 19, 20 years. Yeah, but he's His not numbers LeBron, don't look like LeBron, no, Skip. He's not I, LeBron. Nobody is LeBron. He ain't LeBron. Yeah, okay. It's not a run. All right, so every morning when Wayne opens this show with the song Good Morning, we get to the line about a Jordan and LeBron debate, and Keyshawn looks across the table at me and says, you don't want any of that. Yeah, I do. You know, let's, okay, let's go. So we're kind of trash-talking each other across the table. So here's one facet of the Jordan-LeBron debate where I'm going to concede to you guys, and this is it. Michael Jordan played, as we speak, 13,500 fewer minutes than LeBron has played to date, okay? So think about that. L let's do the reverse. LeBron has played 13,500 more minutes than Michael was able to play. Why was that? It's for what the, the reasons Richard just detailed. It's because Michael just finally said, you know what, I've had enough of this. He had an issue with his owner and his GM in Chicago, and they forced the coach out, Phil Jackson, and Michael just said, you know what, I'm out of here. I am done. On principle, I am, quote unquote, retiring. And for three years, and you could you could say they would be end of prime kind of years for Michael. 
He did not play basketball. And then, as Richard pointed out, I always point out to you guys, the owner in Washington finally said, just come here. You can be sort of ceremonial. You can run the team. You can pick the coach. You can pick all the players, which Michael did, maybe to a fault. And he played a couple of years, and he averaged 20 and 6. And it was a little hard on your eyes because he wasn't in nearly the shape that he was in 1998 when I was there in Chicago covering him in the last run, the the last dance run with the Bulls. Okay, so the point is this. Did Michael keep himself in as great a shape in in his final two years? Well, obviously, no. And so what was the outcome? It it was this. It's that LeBron is still, the meter is still running, and it's running full speed. 13,500 more minutes than Michael played. Well, that's extraordinary. And so that's allowed LeBron to shoot it 3,737 more times than Michael was able to shoot it because LeBron's just going on and on and on at a supremely high level. So this part of the quote-unquote debate, I concede to both of you that I've never seen anything like LeBron (laughs) for staying in supreme shape later. But there's no reason. I just think he was the first human to say, I can do this because there's there's no law that says you can't do it. I just think a lot of guys would get to 35, 36, 37 and say, you know what? I'm just tired of this. I just don't want to keep it. It's a battle. It's a fight to keep doing it and the drudgery of it and the pounding on your body, even the NBA pounding, it's no fun. You guys took a worse pounding, obviously, but but this NBA thing, it is grueling because they're playing, as, as you guys know, 82 times in the regular season and then God knows how much in the postseason. The way I look at that based on just what you yeah. just said now, Skip, I think it, it, there's a difference, right, with LeBron and Michael as far as that goes, the longevity thing. I didn't see Michael ever chasing anybody. Where no. LeBron, on the other hand, he's he was he's chasing Michael. Yeah. Right? He's trying to chase Michael, surpass yeah. Kobe. I mean, he's That's he true. has goals set that he wants he to accomplish. Yes. Where Michael, from 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 what I understand and being around and seeing, he wasn't really chasing magic or bird or anybody no. like that. He had three and three. So he's like, okay, I'm six and oh, I'm good. I don't need to play this way. True. Plus, he he did things differently differently off the court. His, he loved his life off the court. He, he it wasn't just, it was great about basketball. That was his focus. Yeah. But as you know, covering him, he, right. he liked to, you know, he wanted to hang out. He wanted, he wanted, to, hang he wanted out. to live his life. He I don't want to just be right. an NBA guy. No. So it's a little different. Right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now. That's 100% true. Yeah. G- deal with my concept about injuries. And again, I, I hate to even like broach the subject, but how do you explain? Because you guys played with a lot of guys who, who worked their tails off and still got hurt. I, I don't know. It's almost inexplicable to me. How do you stay healthy? What, how do you, for LeBron, train. how do you take that many? You, you got to train, That man. much contact. Okay, you, and, and you, you can train what, and train, but one false move, one false, you know. I, I, yeah, right. people, you do get hurt. Yeah. as You you will get hurt at some point in time because it just happens to people, right? It just yeah. does. But I think at the same time, when you are taking care of your body, and you get an amount of rest that you get, and you're training, you're eating right, and you're doing those sort of things. What player, any player that stops in any sport and tries to restart at a certain age, it's not going to be the same. Think about it. LeBron's never stopped. No. Michael right. stopped. He did. If Michael kept running all the way through and never took <clears throat> that time off, we don't know what we would see. Magic Johnson stopped. 
Okay, then he tried to come back and play. It wasn't the same. Okay. I mean, that's just, you got to right. keep doing it okay. and doing it and doing it and yeah. doing it. Then how do you explain that Kobe's body betrayed I, him in ways LeBron's never has? I, well, he just popped I, his I Achilles, know. Sometimes it's just, it, it's just bad luck sometimes. And yeah. that's what, what, why I can't explain it. because, And that's why they'll study his body in science. They'll study LeBron James and his yeah. DNA, and they'll study it along with the rest of these freak shows that, that, that play in the NBA and the National Football League because it, it's hard to explain in anything because you could have good diet, sacrifice, sleep well, and still get hurt. You could do everything right and still get injured and pop your Achilles or blow your ACL or, or pop out okay. a quad or, or whatever it is. But I, So I don't know, Skip. you got to be with him almost on a daily to ask him yeah, and like, to study him and be like, wow. Yeah, Richard, I don't know why, but your Achilles tore. I don't know why it did. You, right. you, you, who could, who right. can explain it? Did it sort of speed your your the end of your career up a little bit? Maybe. I, I don't know. Did, no question. Yeah, okay, so that's just bad luck. I, I don't know. No, when, I, right. when I broke my ankle you with the Cowboys, when yep. I broke my ankle with the Cowboys at yep. the end of the season, it was the turf that my cleat got caught in. Otherwise, I never missed a game due to injury. I was healthy. I was I, it was, I was fine, but I go out on, on MetLife, and in the first quarter, I pop, I break my ankle. But I come back in the offseason, and I'm fine the rest of my career. No injuries, no surgeries, no nothing. And then yeah. I just say, you know, I don't want to play football anymore. Okay. I'm, Why? I'm tired. Why? Why you, I didn't want to play? Just, yeah, you're just. You, you, Much like you said about Michael, I got tired of the grind. I got tired of sitting in the meeting rooms. Richard Sherman's a rookie. Now I got to sit in the meeting rooms and listen to him go over the details for him that I've heard 50,000 times. I'm like, I just don't want to do it anymore. I want to I live my life. I want to come work with Skip. I want to I uh, uh, have a conversation with Skip across the that, That's what my focus was. You know, when you retire, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, I, if I'm not going to give 100%, then I don't want to do it. And I wasn't going to give 100% in my 12th and 13th and 14th year. I just wasn't. I had done everything. And... and and that's why what LeBron is doing is even more impressive because he's still committed to the grind. He's yeah, still committed, committed to, to day in, day out. <laughs> the small details, the, the intricate details. And that's why when people are like, he's eating on the court, he's eating on the side. I don't care because this man is putting in the hours. He's, yeah. Yeah. It's a, in a preseason yeah. game. This man is putting in the, the hours. He's encouraging his teammates. He's showing up to training camp. He's doing it year in, and he has not got bored with the process. That's something, that's a different type of greatness. The same is true with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was still as in love with the process in year, what, 18, 19 as he was in year one. And are you sitting here watching him on the plane, still watching film of the next game, still preparing for the next opponent as soon as the game was over? And you're like, bro, how? How are you not bored with it at this point? (laughs) So bored with it, Richard. I'm like, like, I don't get it. It's just like you you work it out in the offseason. As soon as the season over, you take two weeks off, and then I got right back in, and I'm like, I can't even enjoy what I've built for myself because I got to get ready for football again. So at some point, Skip, you're just like, I don't want to do it anymore. All right, so to both of your points, to conclude this, I I just don't see much drop-off in LeBron right now. Can he sky the way he did when he was 22? No. But, but again, the explosion. Pretty damn it's, close. It's pretty close. It, it may be there. I, I mean, he dunks with the, you know, it's not like he's having to effort up to the <laughs> rim or anything. So the, the point is, if his love remains as high as his ability to score the basketball, w- w- why couldn't he play 
two, three more years? What, what do you think? I like, think the reason he's got this love is because he wants... There you go, yeah. baby. He yeah. wants to play with his son. Yeah. I don't plural, know that he'll make plural, it. Plural. I don't I mean, know that he'll them. make it to the other one. Yeah. I don't... That's a... Man, that's got to be... Right. That'd be crazy. Yeah. What is that, five years from now? That's a long way. Yeah, something like that. Bronny is around the corner. Yeah. The other one is, I think it's either four to five years from now. Yeah. I think he's a freshman. I thought he was one more. No, 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 no. It's, he, he might be junior. Junior. I, I, is he a junior? Okay. Well, whatever. That's, that's okay, still so four looking, years. Yeah, we're looking at four years. That's that's what we are. So you, you, could you guys see three more years? I can, I can see I can see two at this yeah. level. I can okay. see two. And then I, I start yeah, I to mean, see a little dip off. But I also, I, I mean, I hear this stuff about playing with his son, and it sounds good in principle, but if his son gets drafted to Portland or Charlotte or the Wizards, I mean, I don't see LeBron James being like, yep, sign me up. to. I'm going to the Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets. I'm, I'm about to go play with him. No, I don't see it happening. Like Wherever that. his son goes, his contract is up at that point in time. I think when, I, when I, he's ready, I hear you. It, he's going to go. He just wants to step, step on the court with him. I wish I could do that. And if you look I at the, you. the history of your Los Angeles Lakers, there's probably some way strings will be pulled and Bronny <laughs> will be a Laker before it's all over. Right? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, That's why fair. not? I mean, right. Up next, we got to talk some Aaron Rodgers because he is still saying, digging in on the fact that he's on track to play on Christmas Eve. Are you kidding? Well, I guess it's going to be a holiday miracle. Aaron Rodgers says he's jogging, that he's on course to start practicing with the Jets, and that he still plans to play quarterback for the Jets on Christmas Eve against Washington. Aaron says his recovery from Achilles surgery and the Jets' record by Christmas Eve are quote-unquote mutually exclusive, meaning even if the Jets do continue to lose and fall completely out of the playoffs contention, he still plans to play even if, worst case, the Jets are 4-10 and 10 by then. So presumably with Tim Boyle at quarterback, the, the Jets now have three straight home games, Miami, Atlanta, Houston, and then a game at Miami before their Christmas Eve home game against Washington. So, Richard... You went through Achilles surgery and Achilles rehab. What is your reaction to all this? Skip, Skip, I have never gone through anything like what he's doing. So, I mean, no. this is, I, I don't even want to speak like it's the same because I wasn't, I wasn't full weight bearing at this point. I dang sure wasn't jogging and, and talking about practicing in a couple of weeks. I didn't practice until, what, eight months out, eight, nine months out. And even then I was still feeling pain and, and not 100%. So yeah. um, I think this is incredible. What he's doing, um, it's unprecedented, like we've said, we've talked about. And it's, if he's able to do it, I think he's doing it to prove a point, to change the way Achilles are looked at, to change the way the timeline is looked at more than anything. Because if he comes back and they're 4-10 and 10 and they're out of the playoff hunt and he's a guy who's you know almost 40 years old, there's really no point to come back uh, and, and make this point if your team is out of contention, unless you're just trying to get – your guys, your stats, you feel like Garrett Wilson deserves a few good games from you. You're trying to get yeah. him his numbers before the year's up or something like that. But outside of that, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, he, he Aaron Rodgers can do whatever he chooses to do with his body. And, and right. clearly, 
he wants to play. What I would say, though, in this situation, having had, not had an Achilles or anything like that, but have known enough athletes that have, sit down, man. The Jets are done. <laughs> there's, no, there's no point in trying to come back. It's cool that you're on schedule. Keep pushing. Don't stop your rehab, but push it for next season. So if you could be back in December, that's cool. Don't step on the field, though. There's no point. The Jets aren't going anywhere. They're just not. They've, they, they, they've bitched the, the Zach Wilson how many times in his career now? Like, you, you – and everybody says, well, the, the quarterback's the real issue. That may be the case. But you're going to be so far behind Buffalo and in, in, in Miami within the division, behind Kansas City, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, in the conference. Yep. Why even bother? What's the point? Well, Richard says, well, maybe he wants to prove to everybody you can do it. Okay, you proved to everybody you can do it. I'm available in December. Look, I'm healthy again. I'm throwing the football. You've already shown us yep. with our own eyes in a short period of time. You're on track. There's no need mm. to step on the football field this year at all whatsoever because the Jets aren't going anywhere. Mm. They're just not. Garrett Wilson right. can get his numbers next year. Okay? They can get it. He can do all that next year. Okay, so Richard, you have the Jets home game against Miami, first ever Black Friday game this coming Friday, yes, sir. right? Okay. Yes, sir. It's going to have to start there. They're going to have to figure out how to beat the Dolphins, and then they have Atlanta, and then they have Houston at home. So they have three chances at home to take a stand, make a stand and try to win those three before they have to go in the return date against the Dolphins in Miami gets tougher. And yet Aaron is talking yesterday about it's happened before. Teams have gone on late season runs from four and six. He says, I remember a team back in 2016. Well, it was his team in Green Bay, but the point was he was the quarterback of that team and he was healthy, right? Okay, so it wasn't Tim Boyle trying to pull this off. And I have maybe Richard, you've studied Tim Boyle. Do you give him any shot? I don't know. I don't even know what I don't know what to think about him. I don't know his game. You, you have any feel I mean, for it? I, I, it, it it's it, it's it, it, honestly the way the analytics have, have booked it. There, he's about the same as Zach Wilson, but I would guess he's coming in with a little bit more confidence. He's had these are more weapons than he's had in the past and teams yeah. that he's been with. So, I mean, there's a chance, but, uh, I mean. Uh, no, there's not. Uh, All right. <laughs> no, it's not, man. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Okay. When you get to the third quarterback, Skip, you I, toast, I, I, man. I, I understand, and I'm with you on this. Our man Michael Irvin keeps making the point on this show that maybe Aaron is doing this just to, to try to give a shred of hope, just a sliver of hope to the Jets. Like, I'm, I'm coming. I'll, I'll, I'll be back if you guys can match me. But he's saying, I don't care what the record is. I'm just doing this on my own. It's mutually exclusive from the record. Okay, so what do I know about Achilles? I've not torn one. I've had all kinds of sore Achilles tendonitis. But I know a number of orthopedic surgeons have one very close friend talk to several about this. They all say, as Richard will... <laughs> Well, second, it, it, look, the tendon needs time to heal. You had to re it tore again. Keyshawn, you keep asking, are you sure it tore? Yeah, it tore. He they had surgery and they had to reattach it. It needs time to heal, to grow back together strongly enough that you don't pop it again because it's very poppable as we speak. So he has been running 
on one of those weight reducing treadmills where you you're sort of mm-hmm. suspended up where you're just barely touching the treadmill as you as you run and it's taking some of the pounding some of the weight off the Achilles okay good for you but if you come back and start start moving in the pocket even though you, 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 we're not expecting to run down the field but even to move and plant in the pocket it's high high risk because it hasn't been nearly long enough for the, the tendon to heal. So your, your risk is, is off the charts that it will re-tear if you come back now and start practicing and or trying to play in an NFL game. So, I'm looking at that highlight yeah. right there. Yeah. I mean, he's bouncing and popping. Okay, but I mean, he's you're, bouncing you're, and you're, popping. You're, you're asking for it. I just know. No, no, I'm just looking at that. I'm looking at that as early skipping. I'm looking at the bouncing and the popping. Yeah. Now, if I go out... Another month? Yeah. It, it, look, it, it's why Richard Surgeon obviously told him, you, you, you can't do anything. There, there's, no, there's nothing for what, Richard, six months, right, till you could do any, any activity of any kind? On the field activity. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the field activity is six months. Well, th- this is insane. So is this just Aaron being Aaron because he likes the attention, he's out of the spotlight, and suddenly he has thrust himself right back into the spotlight? He's always been a look-at-me kind of guy, and it's just part of his persona. I'm not condemning it. I'm just saying that's who he is. He loves his weekly spot on the McAfee show, and he, he reminds us, I'm still here. I'm still here. And listen to the narrative I'm creating. And, that looks and, damn good, though, that highlight. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the B-roll, yeah. right. he, okay. it looks good. If you, if you told me that ah, he's just sitting out because his back is sore and he was out there throwing the ball, they're like, oh, he looks like he can play. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Right? Still, right? The only, uh, the only thing I would. Yeah, it, de- it definitely does. It looks like he can, he can still it, throw it. it. Looks but like- the thing I'm concerned about <clears throat> is that offensive line isn't the greatest either. No. You just let, lost Makai Beckton. Uh, and so that offensive line, it's not just all Zach Wilson, where it's like, oh, they're protecting him, protecting him, giving him all day, and he's just not getting the ball out. He's getting pressure sometimes in a second, two seconds. And the thing about the league, they don't care if you're trying to come back healthy and do all that. They're going to say, hey, we think he's still hobbled. They're going to run pressure after pressure after pressure after pressure. They're going to hit him. They're going to get to him. They're going to push him down, and they're going to test that Achilles because the NFL is a cutthroat business. These dudes are going to try it and test that Achilles. And if he falls at the wrong angle, he's not going to be under control like he is right now. He's going to have to back up somebody, push him, and catch himself. And that's where where I'm I'm afraid for him that it's going to pop again because he under controlled movement sure you can get away with it yeah but when somebody pushes you as hard as they can anything can happen and then the final point not to get too medical and technical but as Aaron said yesterday as you know as long as we're not stretching the Achilles we feel like we're in a good place the the other high risk is if you do too much activity too early and this is way early. It will stretch because it's not healed and it will elongate and it will cause you incredible problems down the road because it won't heal correctly in relation to your other Achilles. And so I don't know what Aaron's goal is longer term. Does he want to try to go Tom Brady and play until he's 45? He's about to turn 40 right on. What is it? December 2nd. So we're coming up on it right now. So he's about to turn 40. Does he want to play two or three more years? You better be careful because you're going to risk messing up your next couple of years where the Achilles will never be right. You'll have all kinds of tendonitis problems with it, and it will just plague you. 
and limit your ability to move at all going forward. So it's one of those things you, you just can't mess with it. History would tell you this is insane but, but what he's, he's doing. But based on what you just said from a medical standpoint yeah. and the information that you got, he's already messing with it. He is. By doing oh, the know, things right? that he's doing, he's already messing with it, hobbling around, throwing the football, pushing off his back foot. I mean, like he's already doing it. So I don't know. I don't know, Skip, if where Achilles was in terms of uh, rehab in the past with Richard and those guys and Adam, if it's the same now. Whoever did his surgery and whatever they did, they did enough to get him to do this. And Richard said he couldn't do this for six months. Couldn't even start this process. Well, He's three months in. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I could have done it, Key. Uh-huh. I, I, because, because what I was advised to do was not put weight on my, my foot because they said if you if you if I step on it and step the wrong way and it stretches, it's like putty. It's like it's like gum. It's like anything else. If you stretch it, it's not going to bounce back. It's not going to be a rubber band. It's going to stay elongated. So the, the ability to control my foot is going to be lost. So the further it goes, you, you got this much power to begin with. And the further it goes down, the less power you get. So now I can only push from here instead of pushing from here. So I wasn't willing to risk that. So I was I was like, hey, I'm not going I'm not gonna put this foot on the ground until they tell me to. Did it so feel like risking. at all? Did it feel like at all you could put your foot on the ground at all? Did it ever feel that way? Yeah, yeah. I probably could have put it down. I probably could have put it down, no question. I just wasn't will, willing to risk like the rest of my career being gone and the potential for for everything to be to go haywire. And I'm guessing he had 40 and he's like, hey, if it goes, it goes. I'm willing to take this shot. Maybe. Yeah. And remember, if it goes, you, you got to go all the way back to square one because you're going to have to go in there and surgically reattach it again and start completely over. OK. So, right. and by the way, Dr. Elitraj did the surgery out here. in oh, LA. He's, okay. he's, he's one of the, the best. Top of the list. Yeah. One of the best. Yeah. So, Aaron, yeah. Aaron. Well, if he's one of the best, the doctor's telling him he could do it. So. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's what the doc is telling him. He's doing it. The doc is telling him he can do it. Yeah. If I know Dr. Elitraj, he's probably saying, Aaron, we're a little quick here. We're just look, maybe we should slow down a bit. And maybe Aaron's telling him, I'm just doing this to try to give the team a little hope. Maybe keep myself. They ain't got no spot. hope, man. It's yeah. over. Jets not good. Okay. Up next, we got <clears throat> to talk about a team that has high hopes. That team in Dallas. How big an advantage has it been for the Dallas Cowboys to play every Thanksgiving at home on the NFL stage? We debate next. No mercy, no mercy, no mercy. Now it's your turn. Hashtag undisputed live. Here we go. First tweet from Ian, excuse me, Ian, waiting to see if anyone will pass LeBron's scoring record in our lifetimes. Be like, Ugh. that's Rose. Yeah, it's not, yeah it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Second tweet. Uh, am I drunk or is Skip giving at King James props and flowers? I've never seen anything quite like it. No, you're not no. drunk. No. Skip, Skip no. is certainly, is reality. He, he certainly has realized that he has to stop the LeBron hate. Stop the LeBron hate? Right. Yeah, you had to stop it. Wait a second. 39,000 yeah. is 39,000. It's, it's longevity feat. I give you that. And it's and incredible no that, that a man who can't shoot scored that many points. Oh, right? so, oh okay. Uh, so Jeez. I just had to throw he that in. You, asked for it, you got it. 
All right. And finally, from Jay Sr., Bronny with the Lakers just for LeBron's sake? Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> no comment. Uh, no, I, no comment. I'll take it. I'll take it. We no, got a no, lot of dudes no who ride comment. the bench you know and what? never play. I'm, I'm good. Hey, I'm good with that. Hey, Bronny's pretty good. If yeah, I'm saying I have no comment on okay. whether or not whether the Lakers should it. do it. Okay. But I think the Lakers will do it if he still wants to be a Laker okay. because – you have to remember before we move on, Skip, it's not just about LeBron and it's not about Bronny. It's about the next 20 years I, I of clutch and Rich Paul okay. and this right here and moving okay. pieces around. Got to stay in good grace with that now. Okay, but can we agree? Bronny's a better three-point shooter than LeBron is. He just is. I haven't seen I him like shoot enough, stuff. so I, I, I have. And, yeah, and, 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 and he's a pretty good floor general, too, so I, I don't think it would hurt what, you to have him. What was Jordan? Jordan was shooting 24% at 39, but that's the story okay. for a okay. different okay. day. But, yep. but in his heyday, nobody shot threes because nobody prioritized the three-point shot well, like LeBron's now, day. Now, now it's not prioritized when he's not. All right. Well, well, wait a second. Would you believe that when LeBron passed Kareem, well, if we just do LeBron right now, did you believe LeBron has scored almost 7,000 more points from three than Kareem did because he made one in his career? Did so, he really only make one? Yeah, make one three. I can three. believe that. Okay. All right. So that's one big three. advantage. Even though LeBron's a career 34.5% three-point shooter, which is not very I good. Think, Damn, I think he just shot. passed Red, Reggie one, Miller. One, three? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Way to I go. I think he's getting close to passing <laughs> Reggie Miller for most threes all time. But was what it a sky hook? That's called longevity. longevity. All right. All right, back to the Dallas Cowboys. Their all-pro guard Zach Martin said yesterday that, and I quote, the real football doesn't start until Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, the games at Arizona, at San Francisco, and at Philadelphia did count. Zach, I'm sorry, but they did. But the Cowboys have played a home Thanksgiving Day game for 45 straight years, 55 times overall. And they have always, back in the days I've covered them for many years, they always circled this game as a potential launching point. So, Keyshawn, you played for the Cowboys. You played in two Cowboy Thanksgiving Day games. How much of an advantage has it been for the Cowboys to have had this Thanksgiving home game year after year after year? I think it's been a huge advantage. Yeah. Uh, and, and one of the reasons I say this is because you're going to play a game anyway. Right, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever, Saturday, you're going to play. But it's something about that morning and teams having to miss their families or or move their families for a night or whatever to Dallas on a on a Saturday so they can hang out and then because you fly back home on a Sunday right after a game. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm sorry, on a on a Wednesday and then or spend Thursday in Dallas for Thanksgiving, whatever the case may be. I think when you look at it, though, Skip, you walk into the stadium and you 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 want to see what's going on. What's the what's the hype about playing on a Thursday? And so you already walking into the stadium at a disadvantage. Now, mind you, most of the time, the Cowboys are the better team. They like schedules like a homecoming. They're scheduling team. Right, right. That. They're scheduling. And, and it's not their fault because, you know, they don't make the schedule. The league makes the schedule. But just so happened. Their, their record on Thanksgiving is 32-22-1. Okay, 32-22-1. And they're the better team most of the time. Think about it. You're favored against Washington Thursday. 
Okay, we all know you're going to beat Washington. I think it's ten and a half, but go ten ahead. Ten and a half points. Mm-hmm. Man, come on. Okay. Seriously, they didn't schedule the 49ers on Thanksgiving. They just, for some reason, that wasn't put there. Now, I don't know if it's Jerry talking to the individuals of the scheduling. I don't know what it is, but you're scheduling homecoming-type games. Different than Detroit. Different than Detroit. And Detroit hasn't been nearly as good over the years as no. the Cowboys. But Detroit, they, don't, they schedule teams that go in and beat them. So this is it's a little right. bit different. A <laughs> little bit different. So you're saying Cowboys pull yeah. strings in the league office to get it's not, look, homecoming I, opponents? I, I, all I'm saying is there's Richard, there's something I mean, there that says you take a lesser opponent and you place them on a Thursday in Dallas. That, yeah, that's all I'm saying. Placing the Eagles. They're not playing the Eagles. That, 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 there you <laughs> go. So that, that, so look, check this out though, Richard. The Eagles is two weeks from Thursday. Mm-hmm. Why they couldn't move the Eagles into this position mm. on a Thursday? Right. Well, th- that's what Richard's saying. Mm. That's what we're saying. Um, I, in, ter- in terms of it being an advantage, I, I, I don't see evidence of that. Um, I've played on Thanksgiving. I, you know, I, I played on Thanksgiving, uh, what was that, 2013 or 2014, 2015 season? Against we played the San Francisco, San Francisco yeah. 49ers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I got the player of the game, you know. So you did. San Francisco fans was against me for a while after what I did that day. And, Richard, and they that was at they San Francisco, right? At you had to that travel. That was in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, got, I had two picks. Got player of the game, and it's infamous because I ate turkey on their logo. Well, I just did what they, you know, they gave you player of the game, and then they gave you turkey. They had it laid out for you, Keyshawn, on the field. And they told you to eat. And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to get to eat with my family, so I might as well take a bite. So now this year, turn around, the San Francisco 49ers go to Seattle on Thanksgiving. And so all Niner fans are like, we're getting our revenge. We, we're going to eat turkey on their logo. But, I, you know, I think it's going to be a really good game. But I don't see it as an advantage. And I, I hear what he's saying to some degree about, you know, football not starting until after Thanksgiving, the real football. But – it starts before that. The seeding kind of football starts after Thanksgiving. So you really, you know, tighten the screws. You get locked into the details. You're trying to get hot, go on a run, make sure your team is healthy going into the playoffs. But the real football starts in January. And that's something, you know, that may be a little different for Dallas to hear. You know, they don't, you know, Dallas yeah. is a short January for them. Um, for the years that we've gone where it gets serious, January is a long month. You got four games, three, four games. Uh, then you got a, a week, and then you got a Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I, I hear what he's saying, but I don't see it as an advantage because y'all been doing it every year for however long, and you haven't been back to the Super Bowl since since 1993. Mm. So it's not like it's been consistently yeah. it a and, and it, yeah. 95, yeah. not 95. Yeah. But it's not like you've been consistently like, hey, after this, we go on a run, and then we make the Super Bowl the NFC Championship every other year. So. I don't, I don't see it as too much of an advantage. I, I would say it's a disadvantage in some respects because it's so late in the season. Okay. So for those who don't know the backstory of this, take it from the Cowboy historian here. The founder of the Dallas Cowboys, sort of the original architect, was Texas E. Schramm, a little before your time, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he was a marketing genius, was Texas E. Schramm, born in Los Angeles, named Texas. Who, who, who knows? Go figure. <laughs> but the point is, 
1966, he volunteered to play on Thanksgiving because nobody else wanted to play on Thanksgiving. Who'd want to give up their Thanksgiving? What Richard said. Who wants to be away from their families? Who who wants to mess up the whole day with a football game? Just gets in the way, right? I can can point to many coaches. Okay. Okay. All right. So Tex said, I'll do it. I sign up. Detroit said, we'll do the first game. And Tex said, I'll take the second game. And guess what happened, ladies and gentlemen? It became the most watched game every year this side of the Super Bowl because it's beautiful. It's perfect. Most people eat their Thanksgiving, do you want to call it dinner? It's really kind of a lunch, but it's a dinner, whatever you, most people refer to it as our Thanksgiving dinner. But am I right that most people are finished with dinner by the time the Cowboys play? Right? I'm, try, I'm trying to think. So the first game is in the morning. Yeah. Cowboys are the second game at what time? Second game, four thirty. No, no, no. Black oh. black folks not done with black folks not no. done with okay. dinner. No, I'm trying to. I'm just I don't trying even to, know we started. No, okay. I'm trying to think at the time. Am I? See, I'm second. I'm nodding off though by the end because I probably got some alcohol in my system. I got some <laughs> nibbles. Yeah, I'm eating. Okay. So I'm probably you know nodding off a little bit by the third quarter. Okay, but it just seems like. It's just on in the background, if nothing else. Maybe, to Richard's point, maybe you're just sitting down at that point. But it seems like, because there are Cowboy fans all across this country, somebody at the table is going to say, we're going to keep the game on, right? Absolutely. The game is on. No question. Absolutely. The game's on. Because I can just show you the numbers year after year after year. It's the biggest stage game this side of the Super Bowl. And back in the day when I covered the original Dynastic Cowboys, they did circle this date because – there was no Thursday night football, which Richard is now a big part of. Was, was, so, the, was the Miami Leon Lett game on a Thursday okay, on yeah. Thanksgiving? Yeah, yeah, it was. But but again, that was of, of that dynasty. That was the only game they lost in the seven that that dynasty played. They they blew that game because wow. it should have been. As, if no, I just remember. I, I remember but the game was over, and Leon just lost his mind. And try, it, it was snow. It, who knew that it would snow in Dallas on Thanksgiving? It's almost impossible, but it happened. And it was a big snow, so the field is covered with snow. And Leon went sliding in and touched yeah. the football, yeah. and it gave them a second chance to kick an even shorter field goal because the first one had been blocked, and Dallas would have won the game and been seven and zero on Thanksgiving. But go back to the Roger Staubach Cowboys. They just lived for the Thanksgiving because it gave them a later season 10-day you know, mini-buy because there was no Thursday night football. So now what they do, they're making Dallas play the next, as Richard knows, Thursday night because they're going to play Seattle at mm-hmm. Dallas, right? So, but then you do get right. your little mini-buy ahead of Philadelphia coming to Dallas for the third ten, straight. Ten home. days, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. you get your games. ten days. Okay, so the point is, to both of your points – the Staubach Cowboys and the Aikman Cowboys took huge advantage of this, but lately, not so much because until last year when they did have the Giants as their homecoming opponent. See, that's what I'm <laughs> okay, saying, okay, man. But, but the previous three games, they had lost. They lost to Buffalo. Buffalo wasn't a homecoming opponent because they were just sort of coming but, you, but they didn't know that Buffalo no, would okay, be. They, they thought they, Buffalo was going to they, be. They were arriving right exactly. before their eyes, and they just took Dallas all apart. And then Dallas didn't have Dak when Washington visited the next year. Washington took them all. It, it actually went to the fourth quarter. Yeah, but it was so, think about what you just said. Yeah. Washington, Washington came in. Y'all didn't have Dak. We didn't have Dak. Y'all scheduled Washington because Washington wasn't good. Okay. But then we did have Dak, and Derek Carr and the Raiders came in and just embarrassed us in overtime when we won the toss in overtime. And on third and long, 
Dak threw it to guess who? Noah Brown, and he couldn't hold on to it. Now Noah Brown's becoming a star thanks to C.J. Stroud. The, the point is, if I look back since 2010, Dallas is 5-8 and eight yeah. at home on Thanksgiving. Yeah, five but, but Skip, when they're scheduling these games, yeah. they're, ske- they're not, to Richard's point, they're not scheduling the 49ers and yeah. the Eagles who go into the Super Bowl, NFC Championship games, they're scheduling yeah. Kansas City. Yeah. They're scheduling teams like Washington, yeah. like a Raider team that's not good. Yeah. Even though the Raiders beat you, they're not good. That's, that's just say something about your Cowboys, and this is why I keep telling you, and you don't want to listen mm. because you're hard-headed at times. I am. <laughs> Watch out mm-hmm. for Washington and Sam Howell. Even okay. though it's a 10-point field, well, and I no, I'm not betting, and I'm not betting. But you said it was it a joke. It is a joke, but at the well, same how time. Can you watch out for a joke. Well, you can because you just said Buffalo, the Raiders, those type of teams come into a building when you don't expect them to do what they do, and they walk out with a win. So I'm just saying to you, this is why I try to tell you, Michael, just Okay. You know, I, you know what? I, I actually agree with your point about Washington. You, you guys don't understand, the, well, you do, because you played there, the arch rivalry of this. I'm talking about historically. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just bad blood. I mean, they just don't like each other for, you know, and it goes back for, for what feels like centuries. Yeah, and it was and, even worse when that other guy was owning the team. I, I would say you, that is true. But, but right. the point is, they're explosive on offense because of Eric Bieniemy calling plays, and Sam Howell's got arm talent. I mean, he can fling it. Did you see the numbers he put up against the Giants last week? They just they went up and down the yeah. field against the Giants. Unfortunately for them, he threw three picks and they lost three fumbles. Well, if you're going to lose the turnover game six to nothing, you're going to lose the game. You're going to lose the game. But they only you're lost wasn't it like twenty four to nineteen. It was still a fairly close 14 game. Fourteen and nine, I think. Was it? Okay, but, but there was a late pick six by Isaiah Simmons that broke it open. But my point is, right. on offense, yeah, they're dangerous. And you, you watch, they'll come in because it's, it's a huge stage and they know the attention's on them and they're having a sorry season and they can say, well, we can, you know, at least we can win our little Super Bowl. We can beat the, the right. hated Ooh, Cowboys. Skip, right? if y'all lose. Yeah, you, you would love that. Yeah, I, 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 Except it, you're not going to be you're taking the day off. You Why are you in? telling everybody well, what I'm doing, man? You're taking the day off. It's, like, it's, it's common knowledge. You always take off Friday after Thanksgiving, right? Of course. It's a family thing. Yes, that but is you correct. Are, you are welcome to come in. On on short notice, if my team loses, you are welcome to come. Oh, I can see you on Monday. Don't worry, it'll you still sure? carry over. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Because they'll, I'll, do, I'll be, they'll do they'll do something yeah. that will cost them the game. Okay, go ahead, Richard. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I don't see him beating y'all, Skip. No, I mean, I don't either, the way he's throwing picks, uh, he'll probably give Deron Bland the record for pick, pick sixes in this game, and he'll secure his defensive player of the year in what week eleven? Yeah. But I, I, I just don't see it as an, as an advantage. If to, to your point, teams have showed up in this game. I don't see Washington beating y'all, but sure, they'll make it a game. I think y'all beat them by 14 points. Um, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things that you can try your best to make this point. Uh, Zach Martin, he's a great player. They're, they're a good team. Uh, but I, I just don't see it being an no, advantage I, for them. I, I understand. It's just their mentality is – they have it down to a science how to prep for this game because they've had assistance going over the, the – it, it, looking at Washington hard the last week, you know, like ahead of schedule. So, uh-huh. yeah, they, but, they know how to do this, but it hasn't translated uh, into – Let me ask you this, Coach, real quick, though. Yeah. Right. Could it be such that Zach 
is saying this, not in reference to Thanksgiving games by the Cowboys in general, but this particular season Maybe. based on the cupcakes that y'all played early in the year. And he realizes we got a gauntlet of teams coming in here over the next five weeks when we talk about Seattle and we talk about uh, the, the, the Eagles and Buffalo, going to I Buffalo know, and Miami and Detroit. Second, the cupcake ate us, right? That cupcake in Arizona ate us, right? Yeah, but that was okay. the beginning of the season, Skip. <laughs> All right. well, they might beat yeah, Charles Steele. It's just... Yeah, I mean they 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 could potentially. I, y'all y'all should win this game, Skip. Oh, I know. I, but I, I think it's a weird three games in eleven days is crazy. You know, okay. I think this needs to be studied because three games in eleven days. They're coming off the Sunday game. They play this Thursday. They play next Thursday. So you don't even get the the you know the the kind of mini buy that people talk about when you play on Thursdays because you play on Thursday again and Seattle's dealing with the same thing. So I think that's a scheduling error. On the league, that's a little bit of greed All right, on I'll the league that. trying to do too much. But don't let us win these three games in 11 days and have 10 days to get ready for those stinking Eagles visit to Dallas. Don't let us. But this has happened to the yeah. Cowboys. This happened when I was there. We played three games in 11 days. Yeah. So, and I don't know. I don't remember our record, though, in, in, those, in those three games. But we did play three in 11. Yeah. And one last historical note about playing cupcakes on Thanksgiving Back in the day, there, once upon a time, they made Dallas and Washington play on Thanksgiving Day when they were both really, really good. And you know what happened? The, the, you know, they were called something else. Something. I almost called them the other name. That's fine. Okay. They've had three names They've in the last ten names. years. Okay. But that team long ago, they knocked Roger Staubach out of the game. And this kid from Abilene Christian named Clint Longley, do you know this story, uh-huh. came in. And saved the day throwing a late touchdown pass to the original 88, Drew Pearson. And it was. But Jerry didn't, own, Jerry didn't own the team. No, he did not. And own he wasn't the part team. of the competition he committee. And he, he wasn't part of the, the TV committee. committee. And all that. The so there you go. Yes. See, there's Jerry a difference. Jones, most powerful owner in the league. And I, Mr. Kraft, forgive me, but I think it's Jerry now. That's what I think. All right, up next. How big a deal would winning the in-season tournament, this new thing, be for the Los Angeles Lakers? They're in position. Here we go. The Lakers won their group last night in this new in-season NBA tournament. They went 4-0. That ensures them a home quarterfinal game. If the Lakers do win this inaugural tournament, please don't tell me you guys are going to start making the case that this will count as LeBron's fifth ring or at least give him four and a half rings. But now the question looms. Richard Sherman, how big a deal would winning this tournament really be? (laughs) That's that's a race, Skip. Skip, he gets to put this trophy in his trophy case, man. He gets to put it in there. So are you going to give him a ring? It'd be huge. Yeah. Uh, I ain't gonna give him a ring. I mean, they, people get rings for everything nowadays. My my eight year old son got a ring for their flag football game that was eight seat, eight eight games long. <laughs> they gave him two rings. I said, what, what are we doing? But uh, but I do like the way the Lakers are playing. They're playing inspired. They're playing unselfish. Yeah. Ever since they moved Austin Reeves to the bench and he's come off the bench, he's played yep. a lot better, been more efficient. Skip. They won six of the, their last seven. We've started the last two seasons. Really, really slow. And if, if this is what it takes for them to, to win six of seven games, then skip. sign me up for the in-season tournament every single year. LeBron is playing well. Last night, they blew him out. He only had to play 24 minutes. So we talk that always works. about 
how yep. high the high minutes he has to play. But they find the opportunities to sit him, to rest him. I don't think he touched the floor in the fourth quarter. And so I like this in-season tournament. I, it's exciting. The Lakers are 4-0. I mean, what is there not to like? When the Lakers are playing well, the league's in a great place. Yeah, it, but they're playing well regardless of it being an in-season tournament or not. They only beat one team out of the four that would even matter in the postseason in my eyes, and that's Phoenix, <laughs> right? I mean, they're not the, – the Grizzlies, blah, the Blazers and the Jazz, blah. I look at that. So the Suns, yeah. But I'm, I, it, it's funny because I'm wondering – do they, from a, a psychological standpoint, say, okay, this game is for the tournament? Or do they just play basketball and just so happen it happens to be for the tournament? I, w- I really want to know because it's fascinating to me well, that they can be playing the way that they played in these four, in these four particular games, how they played, mm-hmm. the things that they've been able to do, even last night, right? You look at it and you're like, okay. But when you play against the Houston team in Houston – or you play them at home. They get blown out. That's not part of the tournament. It factors something totally different. And, and, and so right. it makes me wonder. But in the end, I'm like you, Richard. I'm happy that they're playing it the way that they're playing it. And if whatever it takes, if they got to have a sign over the doors, we play the Celtics <laughs> and it's the in-season tournament before they walk out on the court and they want to psychologically mess with their mind, do whatever it takes to get to that championship. Whatever it takes, Skip. So you're saying it is a big deal. It, it has to be. Seems like it. It has to be. It, it really does have to be because they play better, it seems like, in these four. They played better in these four victories than they did in some of the defeats that was not part of true. the tournament. Yeah, and they were all just going crazy. Which I still don't really understand the tournament, but whatever. 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 But, but they were all just they acted like they were winning something last night because they were all talking about how much the money means to them. And if you do win it, every every player gets 500 grand. That's and they're talking, you know, LeBron and AD were talking yeah, about really? the players down the roster. Yeah, I mean, 500 grand is 500 grand. It's Man, no matter what, yeah. that's okay. their summer vacation. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's 500 grand. Okay. Have you seen LeBron's vacations? <laughs> yeah, that's his vacation. Yeah, now, I don't even know if that's his full vacation. It's just a piece of it. <laughs> it's probably true. Okay, so what did I see? The Lakers, your Lakers, had lost three straight games going to Phoenix for their first tournament game. Yeah. It's at Phoenix, and there's no Devin Booker, but, and it was Bradley Beal's first home game. So he was just getting his feet wet with his new team. But Kevin Durant mm-hmm. did have a big game, and they were up 14 early in that game, and that was the first game, to Richard's point, that – Austin Reeves agreed to come off the bench. So it's the first time he was the fire starter, the way Russ is trying to do for the Clippers. But this was sort of Ginobili-esque where Austin Reeves said, yeah, if that's what he was struggling, obviously, as a starter. And he said, "Okay, I'll I'll try it and I'll give you all I got. And he did. And when he came in, they started to percolate. And then in the fourth quarter, he actually you can argue he was the closer. He made all three of his shots. He had five assists, and he played all 12 minutes of the fourth quarter. So Darvin said, take us home, kid. LeBron played very well, but but really Cam Reddish got going. And remember, Cam Reddish, there was the first Cam sighting because he made three threes in the fourth quarter. So they won the fourth quarter by 10. They won the game by three. And it was the first time you sat back and said, oh, there, there they are. Those are the Lakers. And from there... 
they, they got to play the equivalent of, you were talking about cupcakes, the Cowboys have played on Thanksgiving, but the rest of this group became cupcakes because Memphis doesn't have jaw, obviously. And yeah. I don't know, Utah, I watched the game last night. Utah's got talent and they've had stretches, but I don't, I don't know, just not working right now in large part because the Lakers were really clicking last night. They just came out and just punished them right out of the box. And that game was over after a quarter and stayed over to the point that LeBron didn't have to play the fourth. So the, the point is then, you know, Portland's has injuries and they're just not the same. So, <laughs> well, that's why I said, group, yeah, Phoenix. your group was, was like, like, boom, boom, boom. Okay. So four and Yeah. So, but, but would you really like, like to me, if, if you guys are true blue Laker fans, true purple Laker fans, wouldn't it just be about the postseason, right? Isn't that all that really oh, well, matters? It, it, it is yeah. about the no. postseason that yeah. all that really matters. There's no question about yeah. it. But this gives them an opportunity to gauge something uh, against themselves and say, hey, even though it's a whatever, $500,000, some trophies or whatever the case is, it means something. It's just not like it doesn't matter. Yeah, the Davey O'Brien, we want that. We want to be able to drop another banner. There's no question about it. But if you have an opportunity to accomplish something along the way, you, you go for it and you do it. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, winning habits. We want to form winning habits. Absolutely. Sure, LeBron has it. Uh, Anthony Davis has it. But you want to form it with this roster. You want to form it with D'Angelo Russell. You want to film, form it with Austin Reeves. You want to form it with Cam Reddish. You want them to feel like winning is the thing that we do. It's the standard. Like, this yes. is what we do. And like Keyshawn said, in these tournament games, regardless of I don't know why, but they've won by pretty much double digits in every single one of them. The margins, they have the greatest margin of victory of anybody in the tournament so far, and it's not even close. It's and 18 so it does and a half. seem like Yeah, 18.5. Yeah, it's 18 and a half. Yeah. Right. It, it, that's incredible, and it seems like they're turning it on for these tournament games because outside of these tournament games, the games are a lot closer. It's like they're taking their foot off the gas for the non-tournament games. But, yes, Skip, the playoffs are what matters. But to get to the playoffs, winning habits have to be formed. We, we, we're Laker fans. So we used to go into the playoffs as the one seed, the two seed, and then making our way, not having to watch the play in and bite our nails and sit yeah. at the edge of our seats and wonder if we're going to get in and then watch our team progress all the way to the conference finals and then get swept out of it. We're used to, hey, this is a dominant team. We expect to sweep this series. We expect to win the next series. We expect championships all the time. So we want to see championship habits. Okay. Yeah, and, and think about it this way, Skip, too. From a Lakers standpoint, you're in a tournament game, and all of a sudden you're in that championship whenever it is. It's not the NBA Finals. But I done kicked it to Cam Reddish, and I need him to knock the shot down. Now he knocks it down to get this tournament trophy. You now carry that over with that habit when it's time the real stuff gets going. Okay. So you're saying it's a dress rehearsal for the playoffs. Absolutely. Playoff-like. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to give you both that. I did pick the Lakers this year, so I'm, I'm quietly rooting for them because you I want to see them to. full strength. I want to see it with Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt, best name in sports. And I, I want to see that little man from Miami that they got from the Heat because he can shoot it, and we still haven't seen those two mm -hmm. pieces to the puzzle because – the, the point, look, the, the largest point here is you need LeBron James to be full strength and reasonably healthy come 
whatever, mid-April, May, June, right? Isn't yeah. that all that really matters? You need everybody to stay right? healthy. But, but you need him. He, yeah, well, he's of still, course. He's still it. Do I trust Anthony Davis night after? He, he played very well last night. He's had a couple of good games in a row. But do I, tr- I, I trust LeBron more than I trust Anthony. But you need LeBron to be right for April, May, June, right? Okay. You so are, are you worried, because I am, that no, LeBron no. will put too much into these if you go quarter, semi, and final, it's a lot to take out of him in December. You you still have January, February, March, April, right? So, you you so gotta you gotta remember, Skip. You keep going to this about his, the, you know, the fourth quarters in Denver and things of that nature. You gotta remember, he got hurt. He was he got hurt. Somebody fell on him. That's the he didn't he, he they fell on him. Yeah, that was he, a freak accident. Okay, but he, when are you saying he got hurt? He, he looked great against Memphis, no. and he looked great against Golden State. No, I'm saying, I'm saying he got hurt. He was then, still hurt. He was still hurt. Wait, not only that, hurt. not only that, they had put the team together after the All-Star break, and then all of a sudden they started to come along. Then you get him injured, then AD goes out, comes back in, and let's talk about the playoffs. He did well against Memphis. He did well enough against Golden State. Austin Reeves kind of carried us against Golden State, in my opinion. And then you look up in the Denver, and it just didn't go the way we wanted it to. I mean, it would go the way you wanted it to for three and a half quarters, and then... Yeah, but it's all about the finish. It's all about the finish of the game. Yeah. Now, well... Go ahead, Rich. No, I I was just going to say, I mean... I don't see nothing happening in December really affecting April and May. I mean, Keyshawn, I'm, it, what do you think? I don't, I don't see No, that. other than if, if something was to happen to him, Skip, from a freak accident standpoint. In terms of his body and his strength and his endurance and all that, he can run it. But he's, he knows his body well enough, Skip, that he knows when to stop, when to pull up. He only paid, what, seven, what did he pay, 20 minutes last night? 24. 24, 24. minutes last night. Opposed the night before, the last game he was at 38. So he knows to pick his spots. Okay, so do you want him picking spots in December in in a semifinal and a yes. final? I, I do, and the reason yeah. I do yes. is because those yeah. games count toward the regular season numbers to get us a nice seed where we're not, like Richard's saying, sitting there like Michael Irvin on the edge of his seat biting his nails because we're getting ready to lose something. Yeah. You don't want that. Okay, so his injuries are always soft tissue, as in pull this, pull that. He did get kicked in the shin. Well, they laid, they, yeah. they fell on him, yeah. and it did something to his shin. Yeah, he, that was in that Phoenix game where they turned it around after they'd lost three in a row. Remember, early in that Phoenix game at Phoenix, the first tournament game, that's when he got kicked in the shin, and he was gone for a couple of minutes, and then he came back, played great down the street. This is an important year for him. I think he knows that, though. It's yeah. an important year. Yeah, I, I, I just don't – I think it's important for him. It's fun. I think it energizes him. It's something new. So we talked about how bored I would get and Keyshawn would get just re- the, the repetitiveness yeah. of the routine of everything. And this is something in year 21 that he has never done. So he's excited. You know, that's something excited. So I think it helps him because it gives him something to chase. It gives him something to, to energize him during a season that's up, otherwise mundane. you got 82 games. You're just like another get, game, another game, another game. At least you know you're, you're chasing something. You're fighting for something. You're helping out your young guys. And your team's playing well. So I think it's important for him because it's fun. It's fun. This is making basketball fun and relevant during a regular season 
that's probably pretty mundane when you've done it for 21 years. Mm. So I can already smell this coming. The Lakers will win this tournament, and Richard and or Keyshawn or both will make the case that LeBron just won his fifth ring. Man, stop, right? man. No, we're not. You will. No. You'll Skip. make the case. No. We're not no. stupid. I, we know it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. I, I never said you were stupid. <laughs> You're just what I call blind witnesses. No, you, you just we're can't not. Help yourselves. We're so, not you. Yeah. That is what yeah. you do with the Cowboys. We're not. No, we don't operate. We don't operate like that. You don't. No. 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 We, look, I got yeah, I got yellow lenses on, Skip, but I'm not counting this as a championship. This is going to be fun. End season. It's cool that if we won the first one, it'd be good for the young guys. Um, but until we hang, we hang banners, Skip. We got seven, we got 17 of them up. We're looking for 18. And, and, and if this tournament continues uh. over whatever many years and we keep winning it, yeah. then we'll eventually start hanging those as well. You see that purple and gold banner going up, in-season tournament champs, right? Well, I mean, if, if, if this continues and it's a success mm-hmm. and we keep win- if we win them, I'm sure they'll do something. But in the end, we, we, like Richard said, Skip, this is all about building. It's about building the foundation to get another championship. That's all it is. Okay. Way to go, LeBron. You now have four and a half rings. I give it to you. I give you a half. <laughs> this dude be hating. God. All right. Up next, we got to talk some Coach Prime. Dion's first season at Colorado. One game left at Utah. 21 and a half point dog. First season success or failure for Dion? What will be that mentality knowing that you're going up north to play them? Will you sleep Friday night? Yeah, I sleep because I think that's the mindset I had all year, all, all season. That's how I wanted to be undefeated versus undefeated. So you sleep because you ain't worried? Yeah, I ain't, yeah no, I ain't worried. That's what I prepare for all, all season, so that's exactly how I want it. That was just a bit of an interview that this man across from me, Keyshawn Johnson, did with Marvin Harrison Jr. The totality will air on Big Noon kickoff on Saturday ahead of Ohio State and Michigan, right on, be on Big Fox, obviously. And Keyshawn Johnson, what was your biggest takeaway from that interview, that sit down you had with that young man? And you knew and know his father very well. He made me laugh because you said my first and last name, Skip. Mm. But uh, he's just impressive. I mean, his size, he looks just like his dad, his body structure, everything, except he's stretched. And I I told him that. You're you're like stretched. Pops was a lot shorter, not as thick. Now, Marvin Harrison Jr. got all the same skill sets. He can go get it with the best of them. If you leave him single coverage, he's going to kill you. So I I look. Here's where we are with this draft stuff, Skip. Last receiver to be taken number one overall was me. Okay, Kelvin Johnson should have been the number one overall pick, potentially. You know, Randy Moss could have been. When you you look at Marvin Harrison Jr., he's in line with all that. To potentially be the number one overall pick in this year's April's draft, 2024, 2024, that comes up. You say to yourself, okay, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. It doesn't matter because teams – that are at the top of the draft doesn't necessarily need a quarterback. When you look at Chicago sitting at number one, and I know everybody thinks that they're going to take a quarterback and move on from Justin Fields. I don't think so. I don't think they're moving on from Justin Fields. I saw Justin Fields the other day when he came back off injury play pretty good football. 
So you start to look at that. You say Chicago needs a, another home run hitter to go sure. along with Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. You grab a guy like Marvin Jr. Mm-hmm. Arizona got their quarterback, okay? If they, if they need a receiver to go along with Kyler Murray, who's going to be there for several more years. The Patriots, I don't know what, what, what's going to happen with them sitting at the third spot as it stands today. Have no idea. Then the Bears again at the fourth spot. Mm-hmm. Then the Giants, they all need this type of guy to change what they do in the receiver room. Mm. So what do you think he goes now? Six what? He's 6'3". 6'3". Six, three. Six, three, yeah, he's 6'3". Two, 205. 205? Slim 205. Okay, but his father was way smaller. I, I think Marvin was went about 5'10", maybe 5'11", and about 175 pounds soaking wet on a rainy day. Yeah. But he can play. And that's all that really matters is he can play Football. This kid is serious. No, yeah, he, he, he's for real. He I've, for real. I've watched him all the way since high he, school. He's as for real as Keyshawn was at USC. That's he looks, how real. He looks just like his yeah. dad, though. Yeah. God, he looked like his dad. All right, let's stay in college football. Let's talk Coach Prime. After that nation-rocking 3-0 start, Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes have fallen to 4-7 and seven with one game remaining at Utah. Colorado's a 21.5-point underdog at Utah. So, of course, the Dion Doubters, the Shadur Skeptics were out in full force on Twitter late Friday night as the Buffaloes were getting thrashed at Washington State 56-14. to Yet, Dion remained extremely confident yesterday about what he's building at Colorado. And remember, the transfer portal just opened again on December the 4th. So here's some of what Dion had to say yesterday. We pretty much put a mark in college football. And what we're going to do from here on, it will never be the same. I promise you that. Because I know how we're recruiting. I know what I know. And I know where we're headed. And you, you you, got to be crazy if you can't see it. It's easy to look at us play and say, okay, all they need is that, 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 and that. We write on schedule with the plan. The plan is to improve every darn thing we touch. Did we sell out every game? Did the team get better? Yes. Isn't there hoping still? What's the problem? <laughs> Somebody tell me what's the problem. So, so what you're trying to say is we didn't live up to whose expectations? Because I know this team. I know what this team is capable of doing. So what didn't we do? Dion, best interview in sports on a daily basis. Keyshawn, Keyshawn Johnson. How about that? <laughs> do you consider Dion's first year at Colorado in the biggest picture success or failure? Success. You can't even put a number on the success, all right? He he took over a program that won one game. One game. Yep. Okay? He's got them at four. And like he said at the end of that clip, whose expectations? Because he knew his team. He knew what he had. He said it from day one. But what happens in these situations, in a situation like this, is number one, he's Deion Sanders. Mm. So – those people that are jealous or hate the fact that he was able to get a Power 5 job and immediately as soon as he had success at the HBCU level, he didn't have to do all of the things that they may have done just to get an opportunity because he's Deion Sanders. He's prime. 
So they're coming after the four wins and the seven or so losses. They're coming after that. They're saying, ah, oh, see, you started off, you were supposed to be this. It wasn't him ever saying that. It was us. It was me and you and, and Richard and Michael Irvin. We are the ones that's up there with the pom-poms because we wanted him to have even more success. Yep. We were rooting for him to go and beat certain teams and get into a postseason bowl. That's what we wanted for our own satisfaction, regardless to what the team may have looked like. We had the Colorado glasses on. We were not seeing straight. He was in the room. He had all the information. Mm. We didn't have all the information. We only had the information for what we saw. Oh, Shadur's really good. Shiloh's really good. Oh, we like this horn guy. Oh, this is, that's, that's what we saw. He's seeing and saying, oh, we need some more help over here. We need some more help over there. We are the ones that put the expectations on him, yep. which is unfair to him. Because what it does is it brings out, Richard, the naysayers and the haters and the jealousy and all of those things. I'm with him 100%. It's going to be different now because people are seeing that he can turn things around. He didn't inherit a program. He didn't inherit Texas A&M. He didn't inherit Oregon. He didn't inherit USC. He inherited a team that was one and whatever at 11. That's, that's a team that he got. In that one win, I don't even know what it was against, but it probably wasn't a big program. So, heck yeah, you almost made me curse, man. Mm. Heck yeah, he, 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 he did exactly what he was supposed to do, man. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I think this is a successful te- season for University of Colorado. I think they're happy with what has happened this year. They're selling out stadiums. There's excitement around the program. There are big-time recruits there. There are celebrities there. They're on national television almost every week, regardless of their record. The interest in this school is high. And as they transfer to the Big 12 Conference, they have momentum. And it's not like, hey, this is a, this is a down and out dead program that's a lame duck program that nobody's looking at, nobody's looking to come to. People are still excited. Sure, this was a team that we put expectations on, to Keyshawn's point. We put them on after they beat a ranked TCU team because they came out with low to no expectations, and they had a big game. They overachieved in their first game, and they overachieved in a number of games. They were in a dogfight with USC. They could have won the Stanford game and had five wins, and they had a number of other games that they they were in and could potentially have been bowl eligible. So there is growth, but Prime said it before the season even started, that there there were deficiencies on this roster that needed to be addressed before they were ever going to be considered a true contender. Both sides of the line, offensive and defensive line, needed to be addressed. And we saw that. We saw that deficiency. There were games Shador had, I mean, less than a second sometimes, a second and a half to process and throw the ball and get the ball off. He has the playmakers on the outside. But then again, Travis Hunter gets gets hurt for your toughest three-game stretch of the season, and we're not talking about it. And so I think it's been a success. I think if now if this happens next year and they go four and eight next year after they get new pieces and after they have a recruiting class and that transfer class, then we're having a different conversation. But I don't think this is going to happen again. I think he's going to get the recruits that he's looking for. He's going to get the reinforcements, and they're going to have a bowl-eligible season next year, and that'll be success. All right. My turn. I'm going to take some blame for this. Keyshawn mentioned it. I'm culpable, too, because at 3-0 and after they beat Colorado State, 
It's not a great football team, but they beat them in two overtimes, and it was a great game to watch, and Shadour was really great late in that game. At 3-0, and I think I went to 9-3, and I might have. Maybe it was 8-4. and I think We, we all were, did that, though. We were all there, right? <laughs> yeah, we were all. Okay. Because I would look down the schedule and say, yeah, 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 and I'm looking through Dion colored glasses because I'm, I'm just I, – I, I just think he's a rare human and a rare football coach. And they did beat TCU, who played in the national championship game last year. They went there and beat them 45 to 42 on national TV. That's pretty great. They came home and beat a, just a decent Nebraska team, 36 to 14, with a new coach, but they beat them. Then I mentioned Colorado State. And now our hopes are ridiculously sky high, and they go to Oregon and they get their doors blown off. But we knew that. Well, I didn't think it was going to be 42 to 6. I didn't know that. And then they come home, and we took our show there for Friday, and they play Keyshawn's Trojans. And you know what? They hung in there. And it was 48 to 41, as Richard pointed out. That that was was pretty great. They almost won the game. They had a chance, they had a late chance. Then they go to Arizona State, and now the more I look at it, I say, they went there and beat them. They beat a, a Pac-12 team at their place, 27-24, on a walk-off field goal. And then they come home, they're up 29 to nothing on Richard Stanford. 29 to nothing, and I, you got me. They blew it in the second half, and they lost in two overtimes. You got me. And, and then, yet, yeah, they, they go to UCLA, and they hung in there. It, it was a decent game. It was 28-16. to 16. Oregon State was a decent game at home, 26-19. Arizona was more than a decent game because it took a walk-off field goal for Arizona to beat them at Colorado, 34-31. And then we all talked about how hard it is to play up there. Pullman, Friday night, it's cold, windy. They got romped and stomped. Okay, 56-14, and it was because Shadour got knocked out of the game in the second quarter. This young man took a hellacious beating all season long. And you can't tell me, if nothing else, he proved his quarterback toughness this year because Deion said yesterday he's probably too beat up to play against Utah because he just took a pounding all year. You realize they have, as we speak, allowed the most sacks in all of college football. The most sacks in all of college football, and you pair that up with the fact they have the least rush yards in all of college football. You want to talk about a lethal combination for a quarterback? You're giving up record sacks and you're giving up low record rushing yards. You, you, can't, you can't rush the football. So what, what, you, you can't take any pressure off Shadour. Their offensive line is, is pathetically mm-hmm. bad and it has no depth to it. So when starters got knocked out, you, you got much worse when the backup came in. And yet, look at Shadour's numbers for the year. He's 27 touchdowns to three interceptions. 27 to three, and you got sacked more than anybody? I, I loved how he played. No, I, he, I, play, he played yeah, great. Yeah, and, and I liked how he played at Washington State because he had a big touchdown pass to Travis Hunter early in that game and was 6 of 10 for 84 yards to start off with. And he just got pounded until he got knocked out of the game. And God bless him. I'm knocking on wood for him. I hope he's okay. Dion said he is not well, was his phrase yesterday. Think about, think about yeah. it, though, Skip, how you, how you read the schedule, the losses that they yeah. went through. I'll give you another little taste of that. USC is bowl eligible. UCLA ran shop on them. Okay? Colorado. Uh, on, on, on 
ran shop on, on USC. USC. They did. That, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. In Colorado, had USC stressed out they were stressed in the late out. fourth quarter at the end of that game. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the Stanford game. Typically, a 30 to nothing halftime, then you turn, we going to do something else. Because, well, right? I mean, that's yeah. what we're going to do. As, as yeah. TV watches the football, we like, eh, we flipping the channel because you figure that's not going to happen. It's going to be over. They blew that. That was the first time since he's been the head coach that he's been up like that and surrendered a lead. For whatever reason, they didn't adjust in the second half the way they needed to. No. Now you talk about the Arizona game. Mm. Arizona's a good football program. Okay? It's a good football program well, now. What would they do to USC? Man, that, that, exactly. In UCLA. Yeah. Exactly. So they're bowl eligible. They're bowl teams that we're talking about. So now you talk about Oregon State. Right. They had Oregon State in the dogfight. A bowl team. Mm-hmm. This is a team that's going to a bowl. Yeah. You know, and so when you start looking at that, you're looking and you're saying to yourself, there's a lot of promise and hope, and he's not even gotten his players that he's going to get both in recruiting and the transfer portal. And isn't it safe to say next year's schedule will be a little easier if they go on to the Big 12, right? Uh, it might It might be. There's no Oklahoma be I mean, it, 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 it might be, but even if it's not, I, I don't care. Forget the record, right, Richard? Just forget the record. Can he right. coach? Right. Yes. yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. And can he recruit? Big yeah, yes. Well, yeah that, that, Big yes. He don't even need he, as he said to me when I asked him about recruiting when we were up there, he said, baby, I ain't got to do all this. He go, he picked up the phone. He said, I'm good. That's what he said. He said, I'm good, baby. You ain't got to wear it. I'm good. And so that's recruiting in itself. Yeah. Bingo. All right. Up next, Micah speaks out. Uh-oh. Against Tua? Seriously? Micah. Micah. <laughs> oh, Micah. On this week's podcast, Micah Parsons pushed Tyreek Hill for MVP. And Micah criticized voters who always give the award to quarterbacks or running backs. Micah said he couldn't understand how Tua could be getting so much MVP love because, as Micah said, Tua's not doing that work, meaning what's far more valuable is what Tyreek does after the catch. So, Richard, do you like or have a problem with Micah saying this? I, I, I don't have a problem at all with it because it's the truth. Uh, it's the truth. Sometimes these voters get lazy and it's got to be a quarterback. It's got to be a quarterback. It's got to be a quarterback. They have the ball every play. But in a situation like this, if you go into a game and you say, Tua Tungavailoa is active and Tyreek Hill is not active. You do not have a lot of fear for this Miami Dolphins team. But if you go into that situation saying Tyreek is active and Tua isn't and there's a capable quarterback back there to get him the ball, you still got a game plan and you still got to worry because he can break a game open at any time. He has the most yards of any receiver through 10 games in the history of the National Football League. He's having a record-breaking season and we're not treating it like that because we just feel like it just always has to go to the quarterback. So even in a game where Jalen Hurts is 14 of 22 for 150 yards and no passing touchdowns where he rushed for two, we're saying he's the MVP front runner. But a guy like Tyreek, who's having a record-breaking season, is not an MVP front runner. So that's the frustrating part is it doesn't seem like anything a player at a different position, even a pass rusher who has 22 
There was a year uh, T.J. Watt tied the record for sacks, and he wasn't even in discussion for MVP because we just give it to the quarterback. Um, you know, he, he, Michael Parsons is not wrong at all. Um, like Richard said, it's the quarter. It's a quarterback-driven award. That's what it is. I mean, it's just you know, AP wanted. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but he was the last non-quarterback to win it. It was well, Peyton's I mean, first year in Denver. And, and, yeah, and right. that was some time ago, right? Yeah. And, and and he did some miraculous things, yeah. and and he was coming off injury, and all all yeah. of those sort of things. And people, you know, voted him to become the MVP. When you look at Tyreek's situation, he's a special player. I mean, the dude get this, he get this much room, it's house call. You don't even have to think about it. No. To the house. I mean, he outruns angles and everything. I mean, that doesn't even make sense right there. That's just unfair to the defense. But what I would say is you look at the record, you look at where his team is, and you look at a Jalen Hurts or a Lamar Jackson or, or Patrick Mahomes or some of these quarterbacks, their teams – are set up to have first-round, second-round buys. Or, or, or not second-round buy, but first-round buy or second seed. They're not giving an award to a team with the sixth seed. They're just not going to do that. And, and so unless they win the division and have a runaway and he eclipses the 2,000-plus yards to make a strong case, he is in the conversation. But the conversation is minimal because if you think about it, Jay Rice didn't win it. Randy Moss didn't win it. No. Okay, Kevin Johnson didn't win it. Cooper Cup, the year they won the Super Bowl, and he had the Triple Crown. He didn't win it. Okay, Michael Thomas didn't win it. So when you start thinking about it, they're not going to give it to a receiver. So why even think? He's, he's going to be mentioned, and he may get Offensive Player of the Year and all those sort of things. Yeah. But he's not going to win the award. So why even try to fight that battle, Richard? It's just not, not going to happen. They're going to give it to a quarterback. All right, I agree very much with what both of you just said and then some. And I'm the guy who always says the position of quarterback is the hardest position to play in all of sports, and I don't think it's even close. But Tyreek Hill is, is a force I have never seen before. And I saw it firsthand up close back in his college days at Oklahoma State against my Oklahoma Sooners when he wrecked the game with a punt return when Bob Stoops stupidly kicked it to him a second time. But, but don't get me started on that. He is shattering the mold of what wide receivers can do after the catch because it's just silly. It's just we, we just never seen this. So I give you all those points as it relates to Tua because – I've never been the biggest Tua fan from the start. I didn't like him coming out before the draft. I don't love him now. But I must tell you, now i got to put my cowboy true blue glasses on. As a lifelong delusional cowboy fan who has suffered way too many December collapses, I'm speaking strictly as a fan when I tell you I don't love Micah speaking about this because – Look, I, I know he wants to be a sports commentator and have hot takes and bully for you, young man. But you're still very young and your team has still accomplished zero. And your team still has to, in December, go down to Miami to visit Mr. Tua in his house. And that is scary to me because w w where's the win here? Because I don't care what you say, Tua is not going to love what Micah Parsons said about him. And why 
risk providing even a drop more of fuel for his fire when Dallas visits. Why, why give that wizard of a coach that they have, that quirky Harry Potter of a coach, even one line of bulletin board material for Tua going into that week. It, it's, it, it doesn't make sense because I say, where's the win in it? Where, where, where does it help the Dallas Cowboys? It well, just because, doesn't. Because, Skip, you say where's the win in yeah. it. It may fuel his fire to go have the game against so. Miami that he had last game okay, like, and not the game before. Like write a check, you got a cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah write a check that he right, realizes, right. you know what, I got to cash this. This is a big game for me. So if I can you know, <clears throat> motivate myself, maybe I'll go out there and have a three-sack game against him. All right, him. and to your point, we talked about the Giants game when he went zeros across the board statistically, and I felt like I needed to file a missing Parsons report. And then we called him out, and he came back out. And responded. At, at Carolina, he wrecked yeah, the game. He, he played good. And I know it was just Carolina. But he played good. But that's what he can do. He is capable. And I'm hoping, are we poised for takeoff here? We're going to see it routinely, consistently down the stretch? Well, I, I hope so. You just have to be careful that you, you, don't, you don't give them some motivation they would not have had. And again, if it's self-motivation, you got me. But it, it, this is dangerous to me. Did, when you were young, were you yeah. ever called hard-headed, Skip? Young? Yeah. I yeah, was called you hard-headed young? when I came out of the womb because it took forever for my mom to get me out. <laughs> you, you, she you, said, you, you just about killed me. You, you yeah. still, you still yeah. are hard-headed mm-hmm. because you're not listening. Yeah. Okay? Right. Michael Parsons is Michael Parsons. He's not going to change. Yep. And I know you say the media and he wants to do. He's been doing the same thing since he came into the league. That's just who he is. You're not going to all of a sudden put a muzzle on him. That's who he is. And and, and, and to his his credit, Skip, he's a two-time All-Pro. He's arguably the best player on that team. There's not a person on that team who can tell him not to do it. He's the best player. He would walk into every single one of their faces and say, you going to stop me? You going to stop me? You going to stop me? True, true, true. How many first-team All-Pros are on this team that in the last two years? I think he's the only – well, Trayvon Diggs was, but he's hurt. He's not playing right now. Zach so outside Martin, of him. Was Zach Martin, did he make all pro? In the last couple of years, he hasn't been. Okay, but he's been ranked. I don't like pro football he, focus he always ranks him number one among the guards. But go yeah, ahead. He's a top guard. Yeah. Right. Right. But but he's a guy that that his his play isn't diminishing. And so no. if he wants to talk after a two and a half sack game, skip. <laughs> and look, I'm doing my part. Y'all want me to shut up? I am. It, yeah. My play isn't dropping. So okay. if you're I, saying I need to shut up, I got 10 sacks hey. on the season, I'm going to tell you you need to find something else to say. Okay. And I'm with you, Richard. I've <laughs> said from the start he is the most valuable player on the team, even above the quarterback. And that's a mouthful coming from me. He hasn't always quite played up to that this year. He's not been quite the force that, that I've seen him in stretches, but we still have a whole lot of football to play. And I'm hoping – He's about to just take off and wreck the league as well as just wrecking the Carolina game. So I, I'm with you. I just look, I've been doing this a long time, and I've seen too many times when these things backfired. We're, we're two of those. It could backfire, yeah, yeah. and two could laugh at yeah. y'all when he's walking he off the field, getting his post game interview. Yeah. That may be the case. Yeah. Or. Michael Parsons could become Lawrence Taylor. I mean, are you willing to go there? I'm picking Miami in a game. You don't even have to worry about that. I'm already picking Miami. Yeah, That's what I, I thought. Yeah, I, I, I think. But but the the cool thing is, Skip, he has an impact on that. He will get to have an impact on it, and he don't play corner. 
So you're like, uh, what if Tua t- attacks him? You know, if a corner says this, if, if, yeah. if Gilmore said this or Durant. True. Yep. I got it. Okay. Up next, how does LeBron's 39,000 rank as a sports feat? Biggest picture. We'll go there. No mercy. No mercy. No mercy. LeBron passed 39,000 points last night here in Los Angeles. Richard, you first ranked that as a sports achievement. Um, I think it's up there with, with Tom Brady's passing yards. Uh, I think it's up there with Dick Nitrain Lane's interceptions, his 81 interceptions that will never be caught. Um, Jerry Rice's 22,000 receiving yards, a record that will never be caught. I think it's up there with, with some of the all-time great records that will never, we'll never see them broken. Uh, I think it's one of the hardest things to do because of the longevity, because of the focus, because of the dedication and, and attention to detail that it takes to do, play the game for as long as these people have played it. Um, so I think it's incredible. Yeah, it, it, it's incredible. It's, you know, it's, it's just a, to me, it's just another accomplishment for LeBron James. Really, it is. The big one to me was passing Kareem. That was a big one. But when you have longevity, man, you're going to get numbers when you're good. When you're really good like LeBron has been, he's going to get the numbers. I mean, that's just the reality of it. He's able to play for another three or four years. Those numbers are going to increase. I, I, I look at it all the time, and people are so enamored with final numbers in one's careers in sports. Well, when you play for a long time and you stay healthy and you are dominant, you're going to have the numbers. There's guys that have played 20 years, but they're not LeBron James. They just, you know, hanging out on the bench and chilling. But when you this good. Nobody is, though, Keith. Nobody is what? Nobody's LeBron James. I I understand that. So, therefore, those numbers aren't going to be that way. If Kobe Bryant could have stayed healthy. He loved basketball so much. If he could have just stayed healthy like LeBron, his longevity would have given him some, some milestones that we would be consistently talking about today. But that didn't happen. Mm. LeBron's longevity and his health skip has allowed him to just continue, to continue to chase whatever numbers it is that he wants to chase. Assist records, rebounds, steals, blocks, even championships. Mm-hmm. At some point, though, it's going to end, and other people will try to chase all of those numbers. I don't think they'll ever get there because he's not probably done to his 25th year. I mean, like, come on. Probably not. Probably not. Yep. Think about Jerry Rice in football. Nobody's catching Jerry. Man, Jerry played for 30 damn years or something. He got all these numbers. And and most of his numbers was was at the beginning of his career to the middle of his career. When he got to the Raiders, he still was an Mm all-pro, but he wasn't Jerry Rice of the 49ers. No. When he got to Seattle, he wasn't Jerry Rice of... Oakland, he was a different Jerry Rice. And he's still like 5,500 yards ahead of Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. Right? Larry, so that's Larry played forever. No, he played forever. Okay. All right. I'm going to say again what I said at the top of the show. I've never seen anything like LeBron's durability. It's, it's maybe his greatest ability is his durability. I know he's had his various little pulls and hamstrings and quads and whatever. Yeah. But he's had no surgeries, no knee. I'm knock on wood again. I I'm like to bring it up, but it's the truth. Kobe's body wrecked him in the end. It completely let him down and betrayed him. LeBron's has not because there's no surgery to knee, no surgery to Achilles, no surgery to shoulder. 
He plays high contact, full speed basketball because he is the greatest driver of the basketball I've ever seen at 6'9", 260, 270. He is still as explosive down the lane as he ever was. He's still ambidextrous, born left-handed, plays right-handed, plays both-handed at the rim. It's hard to keep him from the rim, but you can foul him. You can hit him hard. You can knock him on the floor. He's been knocked down. Given the minutes he's played, is it fair to say LeBron's been knocked down more than anybody's ever been knocked down? I know Allen Iverson Uh, got knocked down a lot, but probably. Yeah, probably. Hit the floor. They call it the hardwood for a reason because it's wood and it's hard. And you, you keep hitting the floor hard. So if, if a basketball player can, in fact, play sort of a football-esque game, LeBron does. But now we're back to those two longevity records in the NFL. You mentioned Jerry Rice, and I'm going to mention Emmett Smith. I covered Emmett for a bunch of his years. I know he went to Arizona for a little <laughs> minute. And, and, again, I did not cover that. But I, I know his game. 18,355 yards in, in a high-contact, dangerous game. It's just hard to do it because it's hard to stay healthy at that position. What position has the, the shortest shelf life in football? It's running back, right, yeah. except yeah. for this one guy. He shattered the mold. He, there's never been anything like it because, as Norv Turner told me in Emmett's sort of third year when he was really breaking through, his quickness in a confined space was, was – we'd never seen anything like it before because nobody could ever get that shot on him. No linebacker could draw a bead and hit him with a – pardon my language, but a quote, quote, kill shot, you know, sort of career-threatening shot. Emmett just didn't take him because he, he was hard to find among those giant offensive linemen. It's, it it might have been as great offensive line. I, to me, it was the best I've ever seen. But – Emmett could duck and dart at 5'9 behind that line, and he could get up into your, your second level before you, you could find him. And then all of a sudden, even though he timed 4'6 in the 40 coming out of Florida, 4'6? I mean, most people, you just write him off. But Jimmy Johnson said, no, I, I coached against him in college. You just can't tackle him. You, you can't get him on the ground. So w- with a football under his arm, I, I never saw him get caught from behind. Not one time did I ever see him get caught. If, if you gave him an inch, he would take a mile on you. So my point is to stay that healthy that long for 18,000 yards rushing, it's, it's incomprehensible. It's, it's a little beyond what LeBron has done playing basketball at the same level of, of contact, except it's just different. You can't tackle LeBron, obviously, though some people try, don't they now? It seems like they try. Okay, and then my other two feats that are very different, it's like apples to oranges, but I know this is way before most people's time, but Joe DiMaggio hit in 56 straight games. It's just impossible yeah. because of the mounting pressure on you. There, there was no real pressure on LeBron to pass Kareem. We just knew it was going to happen, and he— What was Cal? What was Cal? What, what was his? Cal Ripken just consecutive games. Was it the consecutive games? Yeah, yeah, games yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. But that's, that's a whole other durability record. <laughs> but then I, I covered Barry at the end of his career, and he, he got to 762 in home runs. There was a lot of pressure, especially in 2001 when he hit 73. You know, people just wouldn't pitch to him. So the pressure's mounting as they're looking like a World Series team of going into 02. And... It, again, with LeBron's, this is a, we're, we're only talking about regular season. These, these aren't playoff points. These are regular season points. So 
LeBron just had, Keyshawn's exactly right. You just keep doing you. You know, you just, as long as you can stay healthy and you bang away and you, you just score, he's a scoring machine. So it wasn't yeah. it just going, wasn't it inevitable that he was no. going to pass Kareem? No, yeah. no. Yeah. I, I think you, I think y'all downplaying, uh, y'all downplaying the greatness of this. There are people that have played this long. There are people that have played t 10, 20, 20 years in the NBA and their numbers diminish substantially. Like what? What sure. we aren't appreciating is the level that he's still no, playing at. He does. You're saying, I, "Hey, man, at, at, at just longevity. He he just he, the numbers are going to keep going up because he's still playing. No, he's still playing at an elite, top ten NBA level. Well, see, Rich, and that's a different conversation, players, though. But that's a different that's a no, different it, conversation. It, it, I, I I understand that, but but the reason this record is so substantial and it's getting there and it's going, it it may be a different conversation. But I'm saying, we've never seen a player of this caliber in any sport continue at the caliber that he's played at so, like everybody falls off everybody you talk about Emmett going to he Arizona we can talk about off. Jerry going to Seattle yeah we can talk about all these things when he came to LA Jerry his game did Seattle. not fall off nah. Jerry didn't even look right That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it, it didn't look right and, and you would have said hey LeBron probably ain't gonna look right in the Lakers jersey people were saying he's coming here to do movies and he's doing the new Space Jam and all this no he averaged 28 points last year in year 20. He's trying to win a championship. He won a championship uh, at year, what was he? What was the year, 18, 17? Um, so I'm just saying it's impressive to see a, a guy that's been at the top of the game. I think it's more pressure on LeBron because the expectations he had coming in, he was literally called the chosen one before he even stepped foot on an NBA hardwood court. Well, he so called himself to have that. the expectation. Right. Did. And to I mean, have that expectation. Back, right? I mean, right. ain't nothing wrong with and, that. And say, so I'm just saying he I, did it. it, it he it, chose to wear it's 23. There's nothing wrong right? with it. Okay. Yeah, but, but it, he it, put it, the king, King James, <laughs> and he lived up to it and has the scoring record. Give the man credit. In a day and well, age, we're not, you're not, the not most giving him credit, though, Richard. That's not, we're not, not giving him credit. We're giving him credit. Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's. No, Skip, the, Skip just said Emmett Smith's 18,000 yards. You think. This is the 39,000 points no, I is understand. better than Emmett? No, I understand what Skip is I'm, saying. I'm saying under the circumstances that he, he's playing under, under the scrutiny, under everything he has, has had to deal with, yes, it's more impressive. Yeah, I don't think Well, the scrutiny stuff, all that sort it's of stuff different. is a little different. Yeah, he has scrutiny. But like I said before, when it came to Michael, Michael wasn't chasing something other than championships. LeBron is chasing all sorts of, he got to pass this guy and chase that yeah. guy and win championships over here because he's being compared to yeah. this guy. I don't ever remember Michael Jordan being compared to anybody, what, big old maybe? But I don't remember it the way that LeBron is every moment to the point where you got a song written by Lil Wayne where it's the debate of Michael Jordan <laughs> and LeBron James. Yes. So, I mean, like, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so he's chasing. Yeah, but it's not like... It's not like he didn't pass uh, Jordan in points and just be like, oh, I'm good with it. You know, I, I've I had enough. That, like, that, there's nothing. He is exceeding that by a lot. I no, feel what you're right. saying. I got you. All right, we got to go because Young Money is coming up. And guess what we're going to talk? More LeBron is next. All right, boys. It is time once again for Young Money. 
time for Yella Beezy from Dallas, Alan Cubas from New Orleans, Little Wayne Proteges, who joined me and Keyshawn to talk LeBron surpassing 39,000 points last night here in Los Angeles. Alan, you first. How impressive is this? I think it's highly impressive, Skip, to piggyback a little bit on what, um, what Richard was saying earlier. You can make the argument this is the most criticized athlete or under-scrutinized athlete of all time, came into the game, deemed the chosen one. And, you know, he's definitely lived up to the hype, you know, and I think that more impressively than the 39,000 points is we're talking about a guy who probably his best gift is a passer. He's fourth all-time in NBA history in assists. And I think people need to look at that as well. Not only is he the all-time leading scorer, he's one of the top assist guys in NBA history. Good point. And I've heard some people say, well, He's not playing for championships, but the but the facts is he's won a championship in every organization that he's ever played in. And um, whether people want to look at that, how, how, despite how they want to look at that bubble championship, the fact of the matter is that banner still hangs high in those rafters. And with all that being said, he's still competing for championships actively right now as we speak. If you took year 21 out of the equation and just looked at his stats and someone showed you that stat sheet and showed you the numbers he's producing on 59% shooting. I mean, he's still playing at an elite level an all NBA level. I think it's unprecedented. If you look at Kareem, what he did in the latter years of his career, he was as great as he was, which was truly in decline the last two or three, two or three years of his career when LeBron's still putting up these godly stats. You look at other players around the world in in their respective sports, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, two guys who dominated for a 15-year period of dominance as we've never seen, but they're now playing in inferior leagues opposed to the top flight leagues in the world. You know, Tom Brady, I would say, is the the best comparison, but as, as more physical as a game of football is, I think it's clear that the NBA is more of a mobile game from it's five on five, yeah. There's a lot more tread on those tires. And he still looks as he has another two, three years left in the tank. So I think it's unprecedented. He's won championships. He's still actively pursuing the championship. He's putting up godly stats. He's still playing at an all-NBA level. So I think it's just something that we've never seen. And like I said, fourth all-time in assists all the while. Yep. And he's going to be top 30 in rebounds all-time by the time it's all said and done as well. So yep. all great points. he solidified Yellow, himself as the got? second greatest player of all yep. time. Go yellow. Oh, you there, man? I just, I think I think you know it's one of them things. Like, man, this man been in the league since I was twelve. <laughs> you know, that's like twenty some years ago. <laughs> and he's still playing at the magnitude, and like what Key said, it's like it's not only just the magnitude, but people don't stay healthy that long. That's what we that's what we overlooking too. Like, you have to be a different type of person and blessed at a different type of level to be able to play those many years and you not getting injured, like the serious injuries, you know, that put you out and have to have any type of surgeries. Like that's very uncommon. Like I think every superstar kind of, you know, get a little niche here, you know, niche here there, but he playing at an all time level. Like I'm talking about from any team, he can put up numbers on him. He's going to do what he do regardless. It just like he's in him. And it's like very impressive. Cause you know, he was up there with, with, uh, like you say, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and uh, uh, Michael Jordan, like, those are top heavy hitters, magic. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's shining kind of, you know, I'm not going to say more than them, but, just, you know, you got to put him in that same that same subject. And I just feel like just him doing it at his magnitude and staying not injury-prone and staying healthy, that's what that's what get it for me, just like just being healthy and able to get through all that to me. I feel like it's just on a whole other dynamic level. You know, I, I never want to minimize one success or career or anything that they've ever accomplished or achieved. 
But what I tend to do is I, I look at things in parts when it comes to professional athletes and the success that they've had throughout their careers. When I look at LeBron's first, I don't know, 15 years in basketball, that to me is crazy. So I slice it right there. Then I look at this half that he's been with the Lakers. I look at that and I go, well, it's the longevity part in the health that has allowed him yeah. to surpass certain things. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah, there's no question about it. But the fact of the matter is he stayed healthy to be able to get to this and be able to do these things. Because if, if health wasn't an important part in the most impressive <laughs> thing, he'd never have the opportunity to play in the bubble. He'd never have the yeah. opportunity to get to 39,000 points. Yeah. It's not minimizing it. All I'm simply saying is he's done things throughout his career that is more impressive to me than getting to 39,000 points. The simple fact that he drugged Skip Bayless, Keyshawn Johnson, Yella, and you, all, we all went to, to the NBA Finals on his back when he was 21, I think it was. Yep. Come yeah. on, man. That's not supposed to happen amongst yeah. a bunch of great all-time NBA greats. You got swept, but you got there. Doesn't matter. Okay. Yes, yeah. the San Antonio brought out the broom, Skip. <laughs> One to you, as you would do. Mm. I get you. <laughs> but the fact that he did that mm -hmm. he is did impressive. That. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just, it, that's impressive. You already passed Kareem. And if you keep playing, yeah, you're going to get the 39,000. And he's going to keep doing he's going to get the 42,000. That's going to happen. <laughs> Hey, and everybody know how your bones get when you get past 30s. <laughs> That's not something that, that is easy. Just to, I just, just get over it. I'm trying to tell you. Ain't no way in the world. I'm saying myself play 21 years. Though. Ain't, ain't, ain't and and it's, it's not something that's... It's not something by accident. As genetically gifted as he is, we've seen him overcome injuries that other people can't in a in a untimely, like in a fashion that we've never seen. This ain't by accident. There's yeah. nobody that's more dedicated to their body mm -hmm. and recovery than LeBron James. We've all heard the stories of the hyperbaric chambers and the yeah. money he spends. So that's also a testament to his longevity, how disciplined he's been into the game, how dedicated he's been. Um, it's just a testament to, to LeBron James's greatness. And he's continuing to do it. Like I said, he's won a championship in L.A. Despite how they want to look at that bubble championship, he still hangs high in those rafters. And he's does. still competing right now. All right, for, for Keyshawn's sake, I'm going to put this in a Laker context here. I'm a bigger Kobe fan than I am a LeBron fan. I thought Kobe was a little it's better than LeBron, and it was close, but I, I'll take Kobe over LeBron. But yeah. Why in the end did Kobe's body just fall apart? Because it just he he had 15 things go wrong, including tearing his Achilles. I don't know. Does it mean LeBron worked out harder than Kobe or took care of his body better? I, I don't think so. Some of it is fate. Some of it is luck. Some of it's you're just blessed. I, I don't know. Built why. different, too. You could say yeah, I, maybe, I, maybe. I think you're just blessed. You can't, you, that type of stuff, we can't question. That just, that's something yeah. that's, that's from the man above. We can't question certain well, things. I, you know, I agree. Shit. Bingo. <laughs> No. Yeah, it was different body types as well. Kobe Bryant being 6'6", LeBron being 6'9". Kobe probably had to do a lot more to get his shots off. And then in the latter part of Kobe's career, look what they built around him. He was playing with a lot of those young guys. It wasn't it like was. he could really bow out with an Anthony Davis or these no. guys around him. No. You know, he didn't have that team, that infrastructure. I think had he had that, maybe he would be able to add a couple more years. But I can't let you say that either, Alan, because we see he, he still topped out over there with AD now. He's still carrying the load. He so led that Mike, it's not like Mike he just, team that was 
10, 11 games out the playoff race. That was his I, last swan song. I he got, got them back into Allen. Great job. Great job, Yella. Appreciate you guys. Look forward to hearing from you again next week. Happy, happy Thanksgiving next to y'all, too. Happy Thanksgiving to Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. Wimby's opening night jersey goes for $762,000. What? Wimby's opening night jersey sold at auction for $762,000, smashing expectations of around $100,000. So, Richard, how surprising is this? I mean, it's really surprising for a guy who hasn't, who hasn't done anything in no. the NBA yet. Um, but I guess everybody wants to be ahead of the curve and, and have the all-time jersey and think it's going to be worth a lot. I mean, but even if you think it's going to be worth a lot, 762 sheesh. Wow. I'm not surprised at all because of what Richard just finished saying, that ahead of the curve, expectations are so high, and he's giving you enough to think, Is okay, he? yeah, he's giving you enough to think that he's going to be all right. And he's with pa, and, and, and if I got the money, 762, 30 years from now, that thing might be right. worth Lord knows how much. I just hope he can live up. He's already the worst three-point shooter in all of basketball. They've lost nine in a row by an average of 18 a game. I just hope he can live up to that. That's it for today's Happy Undisputed. Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And by the way, we are back tomorrow on Thanksgiving at 930 Eastern. I'll be here. <laughs>